Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. If you have a, if you have a copy of God's Word, go to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be reading from there. And of course, we've been in this uh, collection of messages about what kind of church we are. And when you're out in the community inviting people to church as you always have been and will increasingly even more and then over these next couple of weeks with Easter right around the corner because people who don't normally go to church will come to church on Easter weekend. The other beautiful thing about Easter weekend is you can say, do you wanna come to my church on Easter Sunday? They go, I can't on Easter Sunday. Well, come on Easter Saturday. Well, like, well, come on Good Friday. Like, we got them covered. They can't say no to like a whole 12, 14 services across three campuses. They're gonna be able to come to one of them. And uh, so as you're out there inviting people to church, maybe that question would be posed to you. What kind of church is that? And we've been uh, through about 11 messages now talking about what kind of church we are. One more week in this, uh, in this uh, series. Next week, we'll conclude this with what kind of church we are. I won't say that one for next week, but I'm getting ready to say the answer to the question for this week. Matthew chapter five, verse number 14 through 16. In the New International Version, it reads, you are the light of the world. A town or a city built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and then put it under a bowl. Instead, they put the lamp on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What kind of church are we? We are an influential church. We are an, amen, we're an influential church. And I'll explain and unpack that a little bit more in just a moment, but let's pray one more time God's anointing on this word. Father, anoint this word, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, come on back, we're done. Like some of you thought every prayer had to be long. Y'all like, I just got my head down and I had to come right back up. I got a injury in my neck for that. All right, we'll pray for you. Now we're an influential, we're called to be an influential church. And I say that for two reasons. And I wanna make sure you hear my heart on this. I believe every church is called to be influential. Every church is called to influence their community and their world. That's, that's one of the things that the church is to do, to be salt and light. That's what that's all about, is influencing. So every church is called to be an influential church. But hear my heart, I believe that we're called in a unique way to be influential in the city of Orlando. Yeah, to whom much is given, much is required. That's a biblical principle. And so I believe that we are, we are poised to influence this community in a special way, but we all have to embrace that calling. We all are called to be light. It's not that Faith Assembly is called to be light, but you are called to be light as you are part of our family, as our church family. I guess I could put it this way. Um, in our bathroom, in our home, we have one of those fixtures there above the bathroom mirror it's one of those fixtures that has like the different light bulbs going all the way across it. You know what I'm talking about? Like eight or 10 different light bulbs going across. 
And sometimes like one of those light bulbs can burn out, and, but there's still light. You flip the switch and the lights still come on. And sometimes maybe a couple light bulbs will burn out before you get the chance to, because sometimes you're busy. I feel judgment coming at me already. Because see, what had happened was in my home, in my bathroom, there was an eight, it's eight lights across the thing, and I didn't really notice it. But one day I looked up and four of them were out. And here's the thing, when I would I'd walk in the bathroom and flip the switch, lights would come on, like the bathroom would be less dark than it was when I walked in, and so I just didn't notice that much. And uh, again, I feel a lot, of, like, a lot of people judging right now, and, and it happens to you too, okay? And so when I, when I finally noticed, I was like, flip on the lights one time, and boy, that's just not very bright, I'm trying to look around, and I noticed, wow, four of these lights are out, and so I did what any good husband and father would do. I, I got on Amazon, I ordered a little box of light bulbs, and uh, I'm pretty handy around the house, you know. So I took out the burnt out ones, and then I was able to screw in the, the new ones. I told you I was pretty handy around the house. And I, I got all the ones that were out replaced, and I'm gonna tell you, I, I could not believe the difference. I could not believe the level of dimness that I had grown accustomed to. I couldn't believe how normal just half light had become for me. And it wasn't until I plugged in all those other lights that I realized, oh wait, this is what shining looks like. This is what brightness looks like. Now here's what can happen to us as a church is we go, no, no, we know Jesus called us to be the light of the world and we go, yeah, faith assembly's shining. Yeah, faith assembly's making the world a little less dark, but here's the question. Are all of our bulbs shining? Because you're all called to shine in your unique environments and in your unique directions. And, and if you're not shining in your direction, then we're not as bright as we are called to be. We're not influencing, if you want to say it that way, we're not influencing like we're called to influence. See, unbelievers are just waiting to determine Christianity based on your level of brightness. They're either determining Christianity to be loving and friendly or weird and mean or hateful or happy or helpful or genius or generous or genuine or judgmental. Like they're waiting to see like what's, what's, what is Christianity and they're waiting to see our level of brightness. We're called to be influential. We choose illumination. We choose to be influential with our illumination. And when we choose that, we're saying yes to that. And when we do that, we're also saying no to some things. And I wanna pull out some, uh, some truth from what these three verses in Matthew chapter five, as Jesus calls us to be influential. I'd say the first thing, we're, when we choose yes for influence, we're saying no to insignificance. I need some people in this house. I need some people at the campuses. I need some people who are part of the faith family to renounce insignificance because some of you have been embracing this thought that your life doesn't matter as much, that your level of brightness doesn't matter as much as somebody else's. Let me read again what Jesus said in verse 14. He said, you are the light of the world. And he said this, a town or a city built on a hill cannot be hidden. He's talking about the church there. You're the light and, and, the, and the city on a hill is there for a purpose. It's, you, you can't hide that, you can't be insignificant. A city on a hill can't hide itself. A city on a hill cannot be unseen. No, it's going to be seen. Our life is significant. Now there's a special uh, purpose that Christ is speaking over our life here when he says you're the light of the world. 
This is a, man, this is a big deal, what Christ is, is saying. What a distinctive title this is that he is saying over us. The reason why it's so distinctive for him to call us the light of the world is because of these couple of verses. Look at John chapter eight. And this here, it says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, this is Jesus talking, he said, I am the light of the world. Jesus is the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The next chapter in chapter nine of, of the book of John, he said, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So then when Jesus looks at us and goes, and by the way, you're the light of the world. He's saying, while I'm in the world, I'm the light. But I've gone to the Father, and now you're the light. Wow. What a responsibility. We're to be Jesus. We're to be, we're to be versions now of, of that in this world. We're to carry him with us everywhere we go. A city on a hill can't be. You want to talk about a significant life. Do you know why, do you know why it's significant that we would be the light of the world. Let me show you why this is significant, why this could never be, a, like an insignificant life could never fit inside this calling to be light, and let me show you how, and let me show you why. We're gonna dim these lights here in this auditorium down to nearly nothing, and nobody get alarmed. We've got uh, people in place to keep everybody safe, all right, it's all good. But we're gonna dim the lights, and I see some of you have your phones out, shame on you. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, I know you're on there with the notes, it's all, it's fine. But it's now in the midst of this darkness that I have in my hand this flashlight. Watch what happens when just one little light comes on in the midst of darkness. Do you wanna talk, talk about significance? See, darkness is actually the absence of light, but light is not the absence of darkness. See, darkness has no chance when the light comes on. Darkness has to go when light happens. Light does not have to go when darkness comes on. No, it doesn't work like that. No. We can, we can bring those back up. This is what makes being the light so significant. This is what makes your life matter so much is that when you step into dark environments, you are lighting that, in, that, that environment does not make you dark. No, no, no. You walk into dark environments. You walk into your job place and you go, you don't know where I work. I'm, it doesn't matter if I know where you work. Because when you walk into that place, you carry with you the light of Jesus, your life matters, your testimony matters, your decisions matter, your speech matters, your behavior matters. No, because you're called to be influential, you're called to be people of light. People are gonna notice you because of the calling that's on your life. That's, that's just the way it is, and it's okay. And some people might admire the light in you, and some people might abhor the light in you, and some people might be commendable about the light in you, and some people might criticize the light in you. But either way, you're gonna shine in Jesus' name. Either way, when you walk into darkness, you matter. You're significant. We're called to be significant. So when we choose to be influenced, when we choose to be light, we're saying no to insignificance. We're also saying no to inconsistency. And I think that's kind of what Jesus was talking about in verse 15, because he references a temptation that we all have. 
We've all had it before. As we think about really being out there with the light of Christ in our life, we've all fallen into this temptation that Jesus talks about in verse 15. He said, neither do people light a lamp and then put it under a bowl. He's kind of acting like, well, that wouldn't even make any sense. Why would you go through the trouble of lighting a lamp and then just to cover it up? He said, no, instead of that, they put it on its stand and then it gives light to everyone. See, there's this temptation to try to, to guard the light and only have it shining in certain directions or in certain environments. And so we get in an environment like this and we go, well, this is where we all let our Christianity out. You know, this is where we shine in here. When we get in here, I mean, this is the brightness. And we all shine bright when we're in church because it's easier to shine bright in church. But let me show you the problem with that as our mentality. I'm going to turn on my same flashlight that I turned on a second ago. And it's just not as impressive now. You know why it's not that impressive now? I can shine it here, I can shine it there. I mean, you can see it, but it's not impressive like it was. Do you know what the difference is? It's now this environment has all kinds of light in it, and so this additional light doesn't make that much difference. But if I went back into the darkness, if I went back into the environment where there isn't much light, now the light really matters. And so it works against us when we think that this is our brightest moment. It's not, this is not your brightest moment. Students, this is not your brightest moment. Your brightest moment will be tomorrow when you walk through the halls of that darkness, when you walk through the halls of that school where there's not a whole lot of light, and there you are shining, there you are making a difference. Now, now what we happens is we start to think because of the darkness that we're supposed to cover up the light. We think I gotta dial it back now because I'm not sure how everybody's going to react because you know how sometimes uh, when, when somebody's in darkness and then they come into bright light and they're like, oh man, what's going on? Like we're afraid of that on a spiritual level. But can I tell you, when the light is the most valuable is in the midst of darkness. I, I read about a, uh, a city, a little, little village town in uh, Norway. It's called uh, Regikan. And this Village in Regican is, I mean, it's right in a valley. To say it's in a valley would be an understatement. These mountains are so tall on either side of it, so steep on either side of it, and because of where it's positioned on the globe, in the winter, they get almost no direct sunlight. For about six months in this village, really no direct sunlight, only shade uh, and, and or darkness and and of course, at certain times of the year, the sun would be up in the sky very, very short period of time there anyway, and then never directly because of the height of the mountains, never directly on the community. And there's been studies done really all over the world about the lack of sunlight and what that can do to your psyche and what causing depression and causing all kinds of different battles in your mind with a lack of light. And so... These people, that this is their life and this is where they live and they actually did something several years ago. They built a cable car system that would take people up the mountain and so people would literally in the winter go and, and ride up the mountain just to have like an hour or two in the direct sun and they just go up there at the top and stand and soak in a little bit of sun and then ride the, uh, the, the cable car back down to their homes. And then some people here in the last few years started to rekindle an idea that had started about a century ago. And about 100 years ago, someone had come up with an idea. And the idea was this. What if we built some mirrors up at the top 
of the mountain that would reflect the sunlight down into this valley that, that for large periods of the year, we don't have any direct sunlight. And so they built these, um, these, these mirrors and they're uh, computer generated and they, they move as the sun moves and so it's constantly shining light down into one particular spot. And so now, during the winter, these, these lights will reflect sunlight down into this one spot there in the village. And as you can see, people will come out uh, during the winter and they'll go and just congregate right there and just get some sunlight. And, and I love this because for one, it's kind of a picture of church. It's like, we just come in here and we go, oh man, let's, let's gather and just get the, the light of Jesus shining on our face. But it also illustrates something else. It illustrates that light is of its most value in the midst of darkness and shade. And so for us to cover up light when we're going into darkness, when people are craving light, they are. There may be people that you're thinking of that go, yeah, but you don't, my, my, my friends or my neighbors or my family, my kids, my parents, my boss, my coworkers, no, they don't, they don't want to hear about this. And I would just say this, never say no for somebody else because people in darkness somewhere in there when they come up against the wrong moment, because darkness, you'll trip around. In darkness, you're gonna hurt yourself. In darkness, you're gonna run into some things. And at some point during one of those moments, they're gonna be craving for some light. And what's gonna happen if they're craving for light and you got your light covered up because you're ashamed? See, the world, the enemy, I'm gonna tell you something right now. He has been working overtime trying to convince the church to be ashamed of itself. The church is getting all kinds of labels and it's caused some of us Christians, Paul said in Romans chapter one, verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the good news. And the enemy is trying to trick us into being ashamed to be the church because someone else wants to put a label on the church and say, well, the church is just hateful. The church is just fake. The church is just a, a problem. The church just is, uh, is mean to people. It's a, and we know it's not true. Like we know, you know in your heart it's not true. And yet... We start to think, I gotta keep it under wraps that I'm a part of lighting this world up. And listen to me, I'm not ashamed of the truth. I'm not, this is good. We sang it a moment ago, there's nothing better than you. If you truly believe, right, that there's nothing better than Jesus, then let's shine a little, let's reflect Jesus everywhere we go consistently. We're gonna say no to inconsistency, no to insignificance. And then in verse 16, Jesus says it this way, in the same way, let your light shine before others. And watch what happens when we decide, yes, I'm called to be significant. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm called to, to shine forth consistently. Look what happens. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and then they will glorify your Father in heaven. Their life changes because of something they see in me. There's an effectiveness. Jesus talked here about salt and light. And salt being a, a preservation in the world, salt is probably more internal when he was talking about salt, more the what's going on inside of your life. But when he talked about light, it's really more the external things. It's the things that you do, it's the things that you say that people 
can see. It's the way you carry yourself. It's the decisions. It's the convictions that you live by. It's the consistency. It's the lack of hypocrisy. It's all of these things that people are seeing and watching, and it makes a difference, and they start to notice something about you. That's where our effectiveness really comes in, even more than our words. It's when our life backs up what we say we believe, that's when we're effective. And Jesus said, when you shine like this, in the same way, when your light shines before others, they're gonna see it, and they're gonna glorify God because of it. I, I read about an island in the Bahamas called Castle Island, and it's this little tiny, uh, really real small island, real, real small strip of land. <clears throat> and in that, uh, on that island, Castle Island, it's what it's really known for. It's really the only thing that's pretty much there is a lighthouse. And that lighthouse is important for that area. And it, it shines and, and gives uh, boats and ships guidance to go through uh, the islands and to go through coral, not, not to have any uh, collision with stuff. So I read about this one guy who went to Castle Island and, and uh, he docked his boat there and he got out and he was on the beach just doing some beach time and he decided, I'll just walk up to the lighthouse just to look around. And so he walks towards the lighthouse and the, the person who ran the lighthouse comes down, his name's Cedric, he introduces himself. He doesn't get many visitors. It's kind of a lonely life there being the lighthouse keeper. And uh, so he meets this guy and he says, would you like to come in? He's like, I'm getting ready to make lunch. And so he made him a great seafood lunch and this guy's loving it and he gets to tour the lighthouse. And he said, I, I climbed up those um, spiral stairs up to the top where the light is and the lighthouse. And he said, when I got up to the top of the lighthouse, he said, I could not believe how small the light was. He said it was this very, very small kerosene lamp. He said almost... He said, I almost would think like it wouldn't be enough to even read by. If I was trying to read a book, I would want more light than this thing is generating. And he said, I couldn't believe that this little light, because of the reflectors and because of the mirrors, that this little light was shedding light 25 miles out so that people could see which direction to go. Just a little light. And I think sometimes what happens to us when we think about being effective in our witness, right? To be effective in letting our light shine. I think sometimes what we get paralyzed by is these grand gestures of brightness. These grand gestures of like, well, I can't do anything effective for God because I don't have the whole New Testament memorized yet. But once I get the whole New Testament memorized, then I'll let my light shine bright. Or I can't do it yet because I don't have all of eschatology figured out. Like all the end time. Once I understand and be able to answer every question about the end times and uh, the, the revelation and the white horses and the, the serpent. Like once I understand it all, then I'll be able to shine bright. Or once I, once I teach the largest grow class in the church, once I lead the largest connect group in the church, then I'll have it. Once I'm able to invite all 99 of my neighbors to church on Easter, then I'll shine bright. But hear me, we get so caught up in the grand gestures, which are great. Go for the grand gestures. I mean, seriously, do any of those things you want to. But at the same time, don't underestimate the power of a small shining of light. You know what I'm saying? Don't underestimate the power of you sharing your testimony. Sitting at lunch with somebody and then maybe talking about their week, oh, something about their life, something about their weekend and you would say, oh, man, let me tell you, this happened in my life. 
Saturday I was at an event and I'd been dealing with something for so many years and I, I've really been healed of it and set free from it. Boy, the power of just that moment of light. Don't underestimate that. The power of you treating people with respect and kindness, your coworkers and your, your family and servers at the restaurant, just, just treating people well and with respect. Don't underestimate what it's the power of giving up your space in line at the grocery store for a mom who's struggling with a couple of kids and having a rough day. Come on, you just go in front of me. Don't underestimate the power of these small moments of light. Dropping a note in a neighbor's mailbox, telling them I'm, I'm praying for you, I'm believing with you. I, I did that a couple years ago at Easter. I wrote a little note to a couple of my neighbors and put Easter tickets in there. I don't, like, just don't underestimate the power of just a small gesture, saying hello to somebody working in the toll booth or just cherishing honesty and integrity and authenticity in your life. Don't underestimate the power of bringing one person to Easter service with you. I mean, go bring 99, that's fine, or invite 99. I, I crack up. Sometimes people will come out there with those, those tickets are out there. They'll come out of there with like, you know, 500 tickets. Like they just got a whole big pile of them, and uh, it's fine. I'm like, just don't let them sit in your car. Like if you're going to take 500, invite 500, pass out 500, but bring somebody with you. Like the power of just sometimes just a small moment of shining. And the reason why the one moment can be so, why the light, a small amount of light can be so powerful is because of who the light is. This is not coming from us. We understand that. No, we are reflecting the one who said, I'm the light of the world. That's Jesus. But when Jesus comes into our life, we become influential. I love the way Paul says it to the Thessalonians. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8, and he says, and now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere. I, I would love, this is awesome. And this has kind of happened. Let me, let me t tell you what I mean. He says, it's ringing out to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia. He said, for wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it. And I love this. I love this thought of just going around the city of Orlando. And this has happened so many times where I've been out in the city and somebody and then the church will come up and I'll talk about the church. So many times people have said, oh, my, uh, my, my, my brother goes to that church. Oh, my neighbor goes. Oh, my boss goes to that church. And I just love it that your testimony is out there already. And here we were trying to talk to somebody about it. We don't even have to anymore because you already told them about it. That's the way it's supposed to work. We're all supposed to be out there shining bright, no matter where we are, consistently and effectively and significantly. That's what you're called to do. And let me give you just one more verse of confidence because I still feel like some of us on a, on a message like this when God would maybe be stirring us to maybe be more intentional and maybe be less ashamed, maybe to go ahead and Post that testimony on social media. Maybe go ahead and talk to my coworker at lunch about a service or about what God's doing in my life. And we feel that sense of like, should I? Because this is a dark environment. John chapter one, verse five says, the light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Light is 100% undefeated. And that'll be the case in your life as well. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. 
Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.